Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. I can try not to be that weird on the official podcast. Oh, but there's no... There's an, we've all been in quarantine for God knows how long. We can be as weird as we want. I've lost all sense of social decorum. I don't know what's weird anymore. Welcome to Checking Out the Competition Boston Bruins, second edition, because we play them so much this season. We are joined this time by Skylar from Stanley Cup of Chowder. Sagai, how are you? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I said your name weird just then. I don't know what happened to my brain, but that's okay. (laughs) It's okay. The, uh, The isolation's getting to all of us. Yeah, I don't know how to deal with people anymore. <laughs> so let's get right into it. First thing I want to ask you, how mm-hmm. weird was it to have Zdeno Chara score a goal against the Boston Bruins? How'd that feel? Um, you ever been just... It, not, I, I guess there isn't really a good way to put it. It's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of like seeing... You, no, this is, a, this is a very weird way of putting it. Um, it's when your parents separate and it's the first time you see your dad's new uh Mm-mm. yeah it's it's that first moment of but that's not right but that this isn't this isn't good this isn't and it didn't help that it was followed up by an by another goal not several seconds later and boy howdy let me tell you the first uh two periods of that game were just nothing but crushing depression because the capitals are just there's a word i want to use for them but i'm gonna settle with infuriating Mm. no matter what the boston bruins do no matter how uh openly and obviously better that they they are than them or how well they play them the capitals will always come back and find a way to win and that's and it doesn't make sense, and I hate it so much. <laughs> but j- just having Zdeno Chara get to score against Boston like that—that just—it's it, salt on an already uh, hard to swallow pill. Yeah, I, I kind of assumed it was like sort of like you described, like if you see an ex that you yeah. thought you didn't care about anymore, but you see them like with their new person, and you're like, oh and, fuck, no, I don't brains. like that. Yeah. Your brain says, no, no that's no, 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 mine. No. Yeah, no, 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 I don't like that. I don't want to see that. <sighs> yeah, but I mean, I, I guess it's good that he's doing well. I, it, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that the Washington Capitals like him and like playing with him because we've seen over this monumentally short season that there's just some people that just don't like playing with each other in the National Hockey League. Mm, yes. And I... I figured that the money would be enough to make you, I don't know, suck it up for at least 56 games, but... You would think. <laughs> what do I know, I guess? 
Yeah. I guess there's no amount of money that can make uh, you act like a grown-up if you're not one. But I, All the money in the world can't buy you the SpongeBob DVD you worked promised as a child. <laughs> and now the DVDs are a dead medium. You'll never get it. You'll never get them. So kind of a, a big deal happening with the Bruins right now is there's some kind of key injuries that I think a couple of them were happening last time the Flyers played, but it's uh, Grizzlick, Debrusque, Kasha, and Stadnicka. Yep. So the which inj- one of those hurts the most? Honestly, Grizzlick does. Mm. Um, Jake Debrusque has been one of those, those peaks of uh, inconsistent players. He's very good. And when he's on his horse, there are very few wingers in the league that can catch him. But a lot of the time, there's also he tries to uh, drive the net a little too hard, or he tries to, or he tries to do something cute and he loses possession, or he's just not in position to pick up a puck. That sort of thing has been plaguing uh, Bruins fans' minds for quite a long time. But he's still a good player, and the strength of this team has been the depth that they've been able to acquire, maybe not necessarily. Uh, draft or develop but the one thing that has definitively been an issue is the minute Matt Grislyk went down the power play looked very out of sorts Mm. Um, he's played very well Um, he has been playing very well in fact throughout the last couple of years when he was a bottom pairing defender and now that he's had this promotion to a power play quarterback a second pairing player and he's just he's taken all of that in stride and he's played very well. And the problem is, um, up until they got Posternock back, they didn't really have anyone stirring the drink, as it were. They've tried to get uh, Charlie McAvoy to do it. Um, Charlie McAvoy really doesn't like to shoot for whatever reason. And that that could be a, big, a bit of a big problem, especially when you start out high like they do. Um, and they've had to swap in uh, Jeremy Lausanne and Jakob Zaborl, and they've looked fine, but uh, Zaborl just likes to throw pucks to the net without any real thought put into them, and Lausanne's just kind of... He's not really built to do that kind of special teams, if you catch my drift. So having him out for a while was the big the big crunch for how could this how could this best impact the Bruins because right now it's it's becoming clear that the Don Sweeney era of Boston Bruins hockey has been marred with one thing and that's the injury bug mm-hmm. there is no there is no set uh opening night lineup that will not immediately have an injury of some sort involved um to their credit everyone has stepped up um they got poster knocked back big big uh big uh, get back for them but other than that it's been they've always been dealing with this and for the past like half half decade it's been when does x come back when does y come back when does z come back um is this player ever going to play again um andre kasha got a concussion mm. and that and he's had a long history with that kind of in, injury um i really don't know if he could come back uh, at 100%, especially considering that even when they got him, they he was pretty obviously nursing an injury. So that might hurt a little bit because 
you kind of needed that first round pick last year and you didn't really use any of the picks you had this uh, for this uh, most recent draft on anyone that truly excited. So it wouldn't have, it wouldn't be nice to get Kasha back if nothing else to say that you got a return on, on investment, but Mm -hmm. almost, almost always the biggest thing has been Matt Grizzlick is one of the smarter defenders on this team. He's a little undersized, but losing him really forces that left side, which has been uh, kind of an issue, not necessarily an issue, more like a question mark throughout the entire season so far, just really put the squeeze on them to say, either be be better or don't be here at all sort of deal. So I was going to ask about this a few questions down my list here, but you brought it up, so let's get into it. Okay. David Posternock is back. Yes, he is. And he was out there for... The first, like, six games, I think, for you guys? Uh, like yes, that? he was. Yeah, so how does he look so far? Well, the first game, he understandably looked a little rusty. Uh, he said that on his first game back to the uh, to the Czech uh, reporters that he felt like he got hit by a train. And mm-hmm. then uh, he came... But then he said, you know, now I want to bring the train back onto them. Mm. And he will... He, how poetic. He, he, he's a... <laughs> He's a really fun player. If you if you can get him to uh, speak Czech, um, he's a very. The second game, it was like a light switch. He was one hundred percent comfortable. He got two goals out of the deal, and he was just buzzing the whole night. He was very active. Um, I really like how what I've seen from him so far. I know that he's got a a little bit of catching up to do in the Richard race, but I'm confident he can do it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I mean, if anybody can, it's probably him. And he'll just—he's just gonna have so much fun doing it. That's the—that's mo- the best part about it. Mm. So one of the things that Dan and I talked about um, last time was the struggling power play, which mm-hmm. a bit of cursory research on my part today seems to suggest it's still struggling, even with Pasternak back. And you kind of touched on it with Grizzlick. Is it really just losing that power play quarterback that has messed it up, or is it a little bit more than that? Um, I think the big issue is that because they build, they've built their power play to start high and then sort of uh, move, or, move around in a, in a bit of a triangle setup from, that, from the points, um, if you don't have someone who is good enough to really force movement force the start the forward rotation which is unfortunately what happened for the first couple of games uh they really didn't look all that it really didn't look all that good they played very basic they didn't really move around all that much players could just you know uh, swing their stick around and that would have been enough it's also uh on the off chance that they did leave the zone uh they had a miserable time trying to get back into the opponent's zone and any team that has been able to capitalize on that so far has won. So, but also losing players and especially having Pasternak, who's a big target and really likes to get the, really likes to get the, the players moving around Uh, and uh, excuse me, uh, Grizzlick really, really likes to, likes to, maneuver the puck around, try and get bodies moving, try and force players to come to him sort of deal, and then make a pass. That sort of thing was not happening over the first uh, five or six games. It's gotten better, but now you 
are forcing that the these young left left defenders to be part of the group now and so they've kind of had to shift all their power play focus to the half wall and it has worked in the past for them but it's clearly still an adjustment period so i'm confident that it'll get better but for right now it's still going to look a little frustrating so it hasn't been that long since those first two flyers games um i guess these games are going to come come fast in a 56 game season but um at the time a week and Mm -hmm. a half ago um five on five scoring was a big problem for the bruins they hadn't really unlocked that yet this season and it seems like uh they definitely have at this point um was there some kind of adjustment made or were they just getting some bad luck at the start of the season that's kind of just disappeared just rotten bad luck Mm -hmm. and you know i I will keep hammering it the injury bug and this team are bedmates so anytime that you're trying to you know force scoring uh trying to get cute try to try to overcompensate for the fact that you have a Richard winner out, out and you just lost uh, one of your top six, top, top six wingers, rather. Uh, you really, they, they really tried to overcompensate for practically every loss that they made, at least on the forward side. Mm-hmm. And it didn't, it made it look really bad. They did everything right. Like they got in front of the goaltender they cycled well, they kept possession, and you go back through those last few games, they didn't do anything wrong. They, mm-hmm. they, and you look into the underlying numbers, they were in charge the whole time. They just couldn't score. And then on the 23rd, I, it appears that it worked. And then they dropped six goals on the Flyers. Sorry about that. They did do that. Yes, they did. I recall. <laughs> did not like it. So, um, when I was talking to Dan, just to kind of go back to that again, he said, when I asked him what the the weak spot on this Bruins team is this season, mm-hmm. he mentioned that he kind of thinks that the the defense is weak. If you had to pick a weak spot, it would be the defense because they're young and still kind of figuring it out. Um, would you agree that that's the weakest part of this Bruins team? I would say individually that's probably true. Um, the system of the Boston Bruins is very, very good defensively. And it's been that way for, at this point, de- a decade. And they have had snafus. They're young. They haven't had to play this kind of competition before. And they're being thrown directly into the deep end. Because they don't have anyone now to hold them back, say, hey, you're going to play like 10 minutes on the third pair on Saturday or something like that. Yeah, they just threw him in and said, "Here's what, here's who you are. Here's your partner. Have at it." To their credit, I think that some of the players did very well. I like Jakob Zaboral's game. I like Jeremy Zabor- uh, Lozon's game. I think that they're still rookies, so there's going to be moments throughout this year. I think while they're still figuring it out, that they're gonna they're gonna be down like two goals, three goals because of a blown coverage. And I also think that they're def- that some some of their defensive veterans, like Kevin Miller, came back and it was a fantastic story. You know, he had a he basically had no kneecap for a good long time, and then he's been working like a dog every single day to get back to this point. And he's been playing very well. He's been 
uh, skating very well, which was the thing I was most worried about that would uh, lose a step. But then he's blowing coverages in ways I've never seen him do, and that's confusing to me. Mm. But, well, I've only ever seen it during his uh, his own rookie seasons when he was being played obviously well above his pay grade. Granted, I think that Lausanne and Zaborl have done a little better than him, um, but right now it's really that left side is young, stupid, and uh, and very unknown. So there's going to be a lot of uh, there's going to be a lot of why can't Brandon Carlo, Charlie McAvoy, Kevin Miller keep these kids in line? And the answer is they're still just kids by NHL standards. They don't know the game as well at this level as these guys do. And so they're going to screw up a lot. That's just what happens. And yeah. maybe next year they'll, uh, we'll know a little more about what Lausanne and Zaboral are like. But right now, I would say that defense could be an issue going forward. But at least from my perspective, the last few years, that thing that has consistently killed them is five on five scoring drying up right now. It's fine. Early, early part of the season, nothing was going in and it looked exactly like it did when they got bounced from the playoffs last year and bounced from the playoffs the year before where they were doing everything right and they still couldn't get it in. So I think that the defense is fine. It's not great. It's not ideal, but they're young. They're, they're wild. They'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) So since that aforementioned 6-1 victory against the Flyers, uh, the Bruins have gone 3-1, which, you know, can't get much better than that. Um, What is clicking for them so far? Uh, Their depth, the players that they've gotten for their depth have really shown. Um, There was a lot of trepidation uh, among analytics people on Trent Frederick based on uh, just some individual stuff. He didn't play very well in his first couple outings as a Bruin. So a lot of people were like, mm, I don't know about that. He comes in here uh, in 2021. He's playing like a whole different player. He is the best fourth liner on this team, and it is not close. Uh, they've moved him up to the third line, and he's played just as well. Um, they've had, they once again have Charlie Coyle playing very, very well. They got Craig Smith from the, from the Predators, who is again, playing very well. But when it comes to what makes this team click, it's, do you have Brad Marchand and do you have Patrice Bergeron? They have picked up right where they left off and that more than anything, getting those guys going, getting the young guys going, getting those depth guys going. It all starts with those two, and those two have been on a tear. They've been just dominant. So I know um, Marchand took a hard hit and had a maintenance day today in mm-hmm. Philly. There's no worry there, right? Like, he's fine. That's the as hope. As far as we know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It doesn't seem like uh, they've put him on put him on a, in a red jersey yet. So I think that uh, he will be playing just fine on Wednesday. So if you had to name a weak spot, like if you had to say this is the thing that the Flyers are going to be able to take advantage of with this Bruins team, what would you say it is? Um, well, for the past couple of games, it's been, it's been transition 
Um, sometime, sometimes when the Bruins uh, have to come back, uh, they will either have a player who has committed too early to a check because their back checkers are young and that happens, or sometimes they will just have a they will just have a player kind of milling about in the neutral zone or caught up in a body, and that doesn't always work out for them because they're not the fastest team on the ice all, every game, but they are, but they tend to be good good at long term. Uh, speed. They're not that explosive. So mm. if you can get a player go, if you can get a player going, spring them up for, for possibly a two-on-one chance. You can really take advantage of them. But other than that, it's you know just keep forcing their young D to make turnovers is probably the best way to beat them at this point. It's you know force these kids to move, force these kids to make mistakes, and the. Both goaltenders are very active, so if you can force them to start moving too, you'll be in a good spot. Now, you have to get the puck, which over the past couple of games has been very difficult for the other team to do, but if you can do that, there's some things you can do to beat this team. Okay, so the last thing I'll ask you is for a prediction for Wednesday night's cursed 8 p.m. start. How do you think this game is going to go? Um, well, they haven't started great over the past couple of games, which is a little concerning. But I think what is going to happen here is the Flyers are going to get the first goal, and they are going to have to hold that goal for as long as humanly possible, because if they do not, the Boston Bruins are probably going to win by at least two goals. Oh, at least two goals. At least two. There, mm. I I've got their, I have their fancy stats open. There is only one team over the grand course of this, admittedly fairly short season, that has been better than them consistently throughout this year, and it is either Vegas or Carolina. You have to play this team like it is the Stanley Cup Final every single night. They are the right now the best team on natural stat trick for expected goals for percentage in the league. You've got to play this team like it is a playoff game. Otherwise, you're going to be down quickly. Just ask the Capitals. It happened mm. to them. Yeah, that that game, I was kind of looking at the box score for that. It seemed like a real wild ride. <laughs> it was a lot of it was a lot of fun for the final 20 minutes. It was pain for the other 40. You know, it's better in that direction. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, <laughs> the Flyers the, the, have had a couple of like really good first periods that devolve into madness. So I would take it the other way for sure. Yeah, hopeless third periods are the worst because you know that you're just sitting there going, "I can't leave this," and just mm-hmm. stew in the car. I have to sit here and watch this every time. Every it's single way time. Of being a hockey fan. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sky, thank you so much for hanging out with me. This was a lot of fun. This was. Yeah, if you want to learn a little bit about the Bros- the Boston Bruins more than we got from Skyler here, which was great, head on over to Stanley Cup of Chowder, which is obviously the Boston Bruins blog on the SB Nation network. Enjoy the game Wednesday night, 8 p.m. for some reason. I don't know why we have to do this, but we're doing it. It is on NBC, here. so please mute it at your earliest opportunity and turn on the radio broadcast. Yeah, seriously. Everyone enjoy the game. Skyler, enjoy the game. I hope You too. Don't enjoy it too much, but, you know, anyway.
Well, they have so to far. play the games to find out how much I enjoy it. So. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.